Welcome to Hover Cars and Hard Problems, the podcast where we talk about difficult challenges in engineering and simulation. We did the first few episodes of this podcast at a conference in Washington, D.C. in late January of 2022. And in this one, we're joined by Anthony Pascali, who is a sales leader by day and an improv extraordinaire by night. Anthony sits down with us to talk about how engineering has shaped the path of his career, whether it was modeling for Ralph Lauren or owning his own landscaping company. So stick around if you want to hear us talk about hover cars, muscle cars, and more with Anthony. Welcome to Hawaii, man. What? <laughs> We're not in Hawaii. <laughs> fake news right there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Hover Cars and Hard Pops. Yes. We're very excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you. And the reason we're excited to have you here is because you are the first man on earth to drive a hover car to work every single day for your daily commute. That's right. It's yeah. pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a 50th anniversary Dodge Challenger. As you know, almost the fastest car in the world until electric cars came out in Tesla. But it hovers? Uh, over puddles. Over yeah. puddles. Does that count? It, uh, n- no. Oh, I misunderstood uh, hover. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right. We're going to, we, I don't know where to go here. We were all show? pretty jealous. You can stay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you have yeah. other cool stuff. We were yeah. just pretty jealous. Hydroplane. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Is that, that, does it count? Yes. yes it counts. It does. All right. Well, Footnote. Well, Footnote. Hover, uh, hydroplaning counts as hovering. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We should have, we'll add it to the show notes. What like a hover car is. Wow. Is there even a definition for our car? Uh, well, we have part of a de- definition from right now, yeah. I think. That one counts that. a little bit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on yeah. all of the elements. That's why. It yeah. has to be able to hover. What? Is that yeah. why you bought the Dodge Challenger? Oh, I, I bought the Dodge Challenger because I love muscle cars. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it should be noted that it has more technology than most Beamers. Well, right? There you go. That's yeah. a fun fact yeah. and probably a little argumentative, but it's true. Hmm. Yeah. What got you into it? What got you into cars? The, like... The my line. dad, my dad owned an auto body store and I got to see a lot of old cars and I always thought it was cool when they would come in and be like a 1965 Bel Air or something and it would have, you know, his and hers, you know, ashtrays and they have like little <laughs> 78 like record players. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was super neat. But they had record players in the cars? Yeah. I mean, uh, they didn't have cassettes or anything, right? I mean, so A-track? they literally had, A-track? no, this is before a track. How would it Some not skip cars, all the time? It, well, it probably did, but they didn't really know any better. They probably just dealt with that. It that just was drove their, yeah. slow. That was their tech. They were just happy to have music. Yeah. But, I, my yeah. first Discman was like that. It didn't have the balance. I remember trying to yeah. hold it yeah. like this on the bus and I'd like tried to ride and it would skip constantly. Yeah. Imagine going to the gym. I went to the gym with the Discman. Before and, they clipped in? Yeah. And so I would put it on the ground and have the extra long wire. <laughs> oh. Put it on the ground and like lift and not move. And then <laughs> it's probably a great go. workout, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's how many times did you get embarrassed when you go to bend down and the wire comes out and you look yeah. around to see if anybody actually noticed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and, why they invented the whole wireless thing. Yeah, it wasn't for better listening. It was to stop it's, embarrassment. It's actually injuries, worse listening, but no one's embarrassed, so it's right. good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you, you look back at that, right? Like that wasn't long ago. Right. Like that wasn't like, oh, 50 years ago when we were all wearing the disc man. And, you know, right. that was literally like early 2000s. Yeah. Right. Here in the, the, tw- this was was the, the 21st 90s. century. My, we are still around. As we said last time or the one time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's exciting. It is. It is. So, yeah, yeah I want to ask you, you, you know, you're, you're a muscle car guy, you like cars. What do you think of all these new electric cars? Have you ever driven one? Do you think they're cool? Do you think they're, you know, they're super impressive? 
the Dodge Challenger is coming out with an electric car in 2024. Nice. You know, and there's, they're calling, they're calling it 20, e muscle. Tw a 2024 model or 2024 the year it'll come out? In the year 2024. So it'll be 2025 yeah. model probably. And they're, they're clever because they're calling it e-muscle because they're trying not to. And, and the one thing about it, I mean, you know, as a muscle car fan, I know that the sports cars and all these other cars are definitely more, uh, they're better in some ways for sure, right? But we love the sound. Yeah. Of, of the muscle car. And it'd be interesting to see if, if Dodge keeps that, because that's what a lot of their fans are complaining. They're like, that's the one thing they can only say about electric. Now they can't say electric's wimpy or not faster because that's no longer true, but they can say, Oh, that doesn't have that sound. Yeah. doesn't have that feel because the electric cars are getting better and better looking. Yeah. Right? Yep. They're faster, really good looking. And they're getting cheaper. And, and they're faster. Yeah. And to be honest, I hate to say it, but I mean, especially some of those Teslas can, they can beat the muscle cars, even in the drag race. Mm -hmm. It was okay if it beat it on the track and stuff like that. But it's like, dang, now, like, we used to have you on the quarter mile. Yeah. But it can even beat, like, the Demon, which is oh, yeah. the fastest muscle car on the planet. So so what do you think the solution is going to be to uh, – this is definitely a hard problem, right, yeah. Kurt? Do you think? Okay. It is. And, it's, like, I, is it going to be speakers that play fake sound? I was literally listening about that. And you know what's so funny is that – I own an electric car. And what's interesting is that there are external speakers on it. And what's so what's, people hear you coming, people can hear me coming, but there's a whoopee cushion inside the car. So I can put it to where it's <laughs> outside the car and hit this little whoopee cushion on. on the screen. There's no joke. No joke. Yeah, it's kind so, of joking, so, yeah. so here I am dropping That's my kids off at school and going highbrow, lowbrow right there. Right. You're driving this <laughs> autonomous right electric car. Not, yeah, I don't. It, it is. I, I don't go, believe you. And I go drop my kids <laughs> No joke. I go drop my kids off. They're like, don't you do that, dad. Do not drop me off and then drop and, and hit them. <laughs> Can you do any sound? Uh, so there's, there's um, different variations of the whoopee. You can't do like your own sound bites, like you, a ringtone? You can't, but there's like... They will I'm after not, this. We will... Don't give we me will the idea. bring it up on the Please stream. Don't give me the idea. But this is like... But this is remarkable, right? Because yeah. here you have an external sound. That's, you have an external speaker. You're able to be creative... And you look at the direction of, I think some automotive automakers today do have the internal kind of where they repipe to give you like that internal sound and some. Uh, so would the sound be for the driver or for everybody else around it? Like what's acceptable as a muscle I car guy? Would you be like, right? you got to go both? It's, it's kind of like, you know, why some of you ride as a motorcycle and they, they like to feel that air and they like, they feel like, like the power of it. Right. Yeah. It's a different type of power. I've been in Tesla's. It's, it's, it's not like a rogue type of feeling, very respectful. And then there's the argument, which I don't know enough about, but they say, well, yeah, the electric vehicles, they're better for the, you know, they're better for the earth, they're better for this, that, and the other. And then you have somebody else arguing like, but is it really? Because they don't have disposable batteries and what's going to happen with that? Again, I don't know enough about that, yeah. but I start to think like, I'm sure somebody will solve that issue. And so I think, you know, muscle car fans and other people that like things like that are going to have to adapt eventually anyway. Yeah. But I do think that the the people that are making the Challengers and the Mustangs and the Camaros and really, I think you go to, you know, Ferrari and all those cars too. Those don't sound the same roar, but there's something different to it. I think people you are have to You physically adopt. feel the engine vibration too. Right. Which That's is right. something that I, I don't know any cars yeah. that do that. Right. And it's an experience, right? What type of experience do you want, right? Because you look at the direction of innovation, right? And you look at like we're crossing this chasm. Like you look at like the first hundred years of cars, right? Yes. We have like, we moved to like power door locks and like power windows. Yeah. Right. But we're crossing this inflection point to where it's now like, there is no dashboard. There are really no like vents to move. It's just a screen. So you right. start looking about like scalability 
software updates, smarter cars, autonomy with these cars, right? It's pretty impressive. I do love those things. I do love the fact, look, I have three daughters and a wife when we're in the car, you know, they're not in the muscle car, you know, even though it's, it's probably safe in some ways, it's not going to be to the, to the level that another car will be at, maybe like a Volkswagen, which my Mm -hmm. wife drives, which is going to be in in some cases, maybe have some safety factors. We do care about that. Uh, You care about cars that are going to crash or the warning, Mm -hmm. you know, like, believe it or not, my car actually does have that. And there are times when I was actually kind of paying attention, but going too fast. And it gives that alarm. Yeah. And that I love because there are times where I'm pretty sure it saves someone's life from that in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, also important. Safety. Eight yeah. Absolutely. what they call that, right? Yeah. Automated driver assist. Yeah. Right. And like an alarm goes Systems. off. Yeah. 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 That's smart. Yeah. That's a good segue to be before you get to full AI because you're still leveraging the human brain to oh, make yeah. the quick decisions of like, yeah. do I run over grandma or the lady with the baby? Yeah. Right. And the human brain actually, knows. Which one to pick. Obviously I'll let you, the audience decide for themselves, but you know, yeah. the human brain knows yeah. if you have to make that tough choice, oh, but the AI is listening. You sacrifice yourself. You don't hit grandma or the mom or the baby. <laughs> maybe a deer. Yeah. That's right. Hit the shoulder. Don't, hit the don't shoulder give them the, the answers, car. professor. Right. It's a, it's <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you bring up such an interesting point. It's like the engineering that goes into, to this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Is, is like the involvement people forget this. Like, Oh, it's just expected like this. This is easy because yeah. it's solved. Well, actually that was a hard problem. Right? right. And then now we're talking about like another hard problem, which you just said is how do we then evolve to this next level? Right. AI, all these different things, like, you know, in your field, um, what is it that kind of brought you into this, like, I think there was engineering for the passion of cars, right? But what got you into experimenting and understanding like, wow, this is, this is something I want to spend more time around. Yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, uh, some of my friends, you know, my first job was at Ralph Lauren and started working with some older technologies and some new engineering would come in and I could see the, the benefit of it, the ability to do multiple different designs and to not have to do my own hand calculations and figure out how the material is going to shrink, I could focus on other ideas, like the fact that, you know, the pants just never really felt right. And at the time, it wasn't like a runway model, right? But I was a fit <laughs> model because I was that perfect 32 waist is what they start the measurements off. So I, I would tell people I was a model, but it was really just really, just really <laughs> not like a model. The girls Clearly not like a model. <laughs> I was a 3D CAD model. That's what I was. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the word model is still there, guys. You're missing yeah, the yeah, I get it. <laughs> anyway, so We're jealous. I, I got to see what that could be done. And I thought, and this was like in the late 80s. So to me, this was super interesting because this is when the internet just started and dialing up. But I could already start to see. And one of my buddies had the vision. He's like, listen, Ant, he's like, you love this stuff. You're, you're, you're pretty decent at it. If you can adopt this technology and really embrace it, over the next five, six years, you can get a little bit of a jump ahead just by embracing the technology, by really appreciating it. And there's going to there's gonna be some learning curves and it's going to be hard. But if you can just really see like not just the tree, but the whole forest point. And that was the first time I heard that. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what? You, how do you not see the trees if you see the forest? And then I understood it. <laughs> and, and then I moved around a little bit, but the world keeps coming back to me. And you talk about moving around. What's so interesting is that culture has changed so much and and what we do right yeah. uh, there was i think our grandparents or parents probably been in a career for the entire life right yep. their entire span is i'm going to be an engineer and whether i go wherever it's going to be engineering that's right do you know how many people guess how many people change jobs in their change careers in their life how many people yeah how many like the think? percentage yeah like 
five to seven. How many? 20? Well, what's the know, average time, time yeah. they change? Average okay. Time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Five. Yeah. Seven. Right. Uh, careers. Like oh, careers. Physical careers. I'm going to go from engineering to landscaping to real estate careers. Oh, that I did not know. That yeah. sounds oof, yeah. pretty high. It's That's, way more yeah. than I thought. Think about jobs. How many people change jobs? In their life, probably twenty. I mean, that it's, it's, it's around not the seventeen. Same. I yeah, believe. that's yeah. that's that's high. If you think about it, the average career is what forty years. Yeah. So that means that two years. Yeah. 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 And it takes you like a year to get acclimated yeah. with your new position. So that's yeah. super interesting, though, right? That you is pretty this. interesting. It's like the the culture change, right? Of, of as we evolve, and you know, so you're not going to be. It actually, it makes me think of like changing careers, the things that you go to use to do that new career have to be sophisticated because you're not going to have 20 years to learn the ins and outs of a particular trade. You know, you're going to have to go into that trade and get up to speed quickly and be able to do interesting things quickly and do intelligent things right away. Otherwise, I mean, obviously there's things that are out there that allow us to do this. Otherwise people wouldn't be doing this. Well, you raise a good point there though. I, I would bet, not guarantee, but I would bet that if you look at the blue collar industry, I don't think that would be true. I don't think like, cause it takes a plumber five years to get his license. I know that cause my, my brother's a plumber or an electrician. Yeah. I, I bet you they stay longer or maybe they go from like plumbing and then they start learning a little electrical, but HVAC and then it yeah, I, I, I'd be curious to see what those yeah, numbers that's are. That's true. Yeah. Like what demographic is that? Yeah. Your statistics. Right. Yeah. We need, we need sources, Kurt. Where's, where's the source? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, back here. to uh, muscle cars. I got a pop quiz for you guys. Yeah. Whoever gets closer without going over gets to keep uh, one of those pens on the table. <laughs> All right. How many years? Uh, what year was the automobile invented in the patent? 1906. 1906. Uh, no, Carl, not it. Carl Benz. Carl Benz. Yeah, that's it, right. It was it, Carl Benz. Not gasoline Henry power, Ford. internal combustion engine. In what year? He won a patent a year later. 1902. Close. But you, what did you say? 18... 78. Said, no, he gets two guesses. <laughs> what's happening? We here? just keep guessing it together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what's interesting about that, though, because I do know 143 that. 143 years. Wow. And you know what's interesting? Most people Carl say Benz. Henry Ford invented yeah. the... Yeah. But he didn't. He actually invented the whole assembly line. It was Carl Benz of Mercedes-Benz. Yep. Obviously, you know that, right? He was the one that invented it, the, the first automobile. But I would say probably majority of people would bet their life it was Henry Ford. Yeah. It is. And... I look at it. You know why? I'll tell you why. Marketing. Mar- exactly. I knew it. Marketing. Right. <laughs> of course. Right? <laughs> so exciting. He gets when he says that. I don't know, but, but it's but true. It, it it's is yeah. true, right? Like, what did you see? And, you know, growing up in America, you're watching these on the History Channel, the assembly line, the Industrial Revolution. Like, you see the automobile. Right. The first, I think the first it, it, assembly line really started, like, at a meat factory That's in Cincinnati. That's right. Oh, I don't right? think it's a meat with, factory, but, yeah, it was Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they took that and scaled from it. But it's so interesting of, like, the engineering that gets into all these different things, right? And as you talk about your career, like, you've gone through, like, probably what? How many, how many different careers do you think you've had? Well, does it count if I, you know, start in the engineering? Does it count if you switch fields or complete different careers? In other words... I owned an organic lawn care company for like 15 years because I was pretty passionate about that. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? How'd that happen? <laughs> that actually happened because I learned too much about pesticides. And I was like, I wonder if this organic stuff would work. My dad's like, of course it would. He had a farm from Italy. Yeah. He's, and I'm like, well, what? oh, you guys were like ahead of the curve. He's like, no, 
We just couldn't afford the chemicals, so we made our own fertilizers, but literally started uh, an organic lawn care company. And But I came back to engineering because once I did that, I was like, you know, this is this is awesome, but I'm not really like as passionate once I could see it could be done. Mm-hmm. Whereas engineering is constantly changing. So I think changing careers in the engineering field, I think a lot of times it's from excitement and growth, right? Because you're, you're starting off on one thing and then you start seeing like what simulation does. You're like, wow, that is amazing. That is fantastic. The, fin- the finish line keeps moving. Like you never get there. Like you, the technology keeps building on yeah. itself. That's right. right. I mean, you, it, new stuff that we were talking about before. You couldn't even imagine it. One thing leads to another yeah. and it, one hard problem getting solved leads to 10 more ten more. created. And that's a, my favorite part. Not the yes. I don't know if this was a question. I, what's your favorite part? <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of engineering is I've seen people start off in a certain industry and, you know, by the time they graduate and they start working and they get into it, and let's say they start with automobiles, they figure out their real passion is with maybe in aerospace or in medical devices. Or, and and they, they get the courage to say, wait a minute, I'm a mechanical engineer or I'm, you know, an electrical engineer. They can diversify and start to go into that. And to me, that is the most exciting thing where we are not like in lockstep where like my nurse, my wife who's a nurse is an orthopedic nurse. And in order, in order for her to change, there are a lot of different steps to go through and it gets discouraged and like, oh, you know, I'm like in my 40s, I have kids, so I really want to go back. And so it's, it's a little bit, not that you don't have to learn new things, but you can diversify. Yeah. Very true. Very, very cool. So, Ant, I got a question for you. So we, we start, we're trying to do this like segment here. I don't know if it's going to work, where we ask people, what's something that they think of, first thing that comes to your mind, what's something that should have been simulated that didn't? Like, uh, does, I don't want to say, I'll give you an example, it's easy, and it's the easy one to pick on is a Titanic, right? Horrible loss of human life and things, but guys, if you'd have simulated, you'd have seen all those problems coming a mile away, and it wouldn't have happened. You would have saved tons of people. So... That's Kurt's gonna sing the theme theme song. Ready, Kurt? Go. Should have simulated. <laughs> we're gonna get a fiber. Really we're gonna get a fiber to yeah, fix yeah, that. This, yeah, don't worry yeah, about that, it. That is life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not changing at all. So, is there anything that comes to your mind that you can think of and say, "Hey, you know what? That was a neat idea, but guys, you just did not. You didn't execute on it because you didn't simulate. You should have simulated." You know, there, there's two parts to that that question. So I'll, I'll knock off the first one. And the first one is there's just not enough simulation done because there are a lot of things that are simulated, but then they don't think like, oh, we should have simulated the electrical portion and stuff. But if if I had my vote, my vote carried weight. It does. It does? It does. Oh. It counts. <laughs> All right. It's not funny. I think I would go with the medical device industry. I would like to see a lot more efforts put in there, especially Biopharm, where they have the ability to just test, you know, hundreds of different vaccinations, thousands of different vaccinations. I'd like them to start, you know, simulating everywhere, like HVAC, to see where all these, what's really in the air and how to work on that. That is where we need to focus a lot more on simulation. I want to make a joke, but that's actually really good. Yeah. Thank you. It's very true. That, there's a few simulations that I've seen that are like airflow through stadiums and things like that, that people hadn't even thought of until COVID times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they thought about airflow from the standpoint of like heating and stuff like that. But now the biological element of airflow and things is just... They're starting to do it. They're oh, yeah. starting to do it. And I, I did see a simulation where they're starting to trust it, where they're, they're doing like fire exits. And they're actually figuring out that they really should go out the opposite door in some cases. Oh. And that's scary. It's, go people should go out the opposite direction. Yeah, like they can simulate like if okay there was a fire here because they don't they don't always take into account like okay there's a fire people are panicking this is the way the fire would go because it'd go because the airflow but yeah. then they don't take into account the one person that panics and breaks that window 
and then the airflow would change because it's coming from the north side. Or there's there's a lot of different possibilities. And if they start running different simulations, they could, you know, equate for all of those. That's smart. That's, they would that's adding behavior models yeah. in there too. That's right. Like, it what is. does the first lunatic do yeah. with yeah. the thing? Yeah. They don't listen. Well, like who would think of that? Yeah. yeah. When they do Put the fire extinguisher, uh, don't break these. Don't windows. break the, or don't break the windows make out them. this way. <laughs> well, no, they would be able. Like that. True. They'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. When they design the escape plans of buildings for fires, do they think about the outside flow as well? Because I would think that would have a major influence that's on a, that's a great question. how the fire would propagate. Because like I know my house, right, the wind always blows from the front yard to the backyard, like 364 days a year. So the airflow, I know which way it's going. Well, there's so many different different things they could bring in there. They could bring like, okay, well, it is the best to go this way, but more people would be coming from this exit, so it might be slower. Like, I don't have all the answers, but I just start to think like, well, Play through if it. I could yeah. really, if if I could make this vote, I'd have all those things have more simulation to factor in human behavior and and all the different things that we're starting to see now. You know, being done in the aerospace industry that we're seeing in the automobile industry, we're seeing in consumer products, we're seeing that they they know that a kid's going to take the controller. And probably slam it. Like, they yep. know that's like a good Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson could break it over his neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> that's right. But, like, you, as we talk about this. That's a good it, one. It's, there's a next hard problem. Oh, well, we got to account for behavior. And then oh, then it, it just continuously snowballs. Right, because now right? can you build buildings in certain new shape that were, you figured out that they flow through for the air, you know, put the fire out because you take away its fuel somehow, but the way that the people exit. I mean, there's all kinds of problems that get opened up with that. That's right. Super interesting because then you can start thinking about, you know, when we had at, you know, our last interviewer about generative design, right? Like how can you start incorporating generative design and say, hey, based off these conditions of like airflow here as, you know, these conditions around the world, right? You can start taking these things into account. Give me the optimum building that will suffice based off layout because of these conditions. It might be a pyramid. Yeah. Maybe the Egyptians had it figured out. It'd probably come back it to might, that. It might just be a giant pyramid. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Full you, circle. You know, <laughs> just to add to that, the, the airflow part is there was somebody I was working with that during this pandemic, they had a CrossFit gym. And what happened was like, they didn't know where to set up their equipment. They wanted to reopen. So they used, as you were talking about, simulation to figure out, hey, look, there's a dead spot over here. Don't put the the lift over here because the air is not circulating over there. The technology is there. The technology is there. So from a consumer level, very interesting. It's like simulation, as you're saying, bringing up like aerospace, automotive, huge customers. It can be used in all different realms. That's right. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on. It's fun. Having me. It's super fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. So uh, I think your your idea was great. I'd give it a vote too. So we both get a vote for healthcare simulating awesome. things like that. More. So it's being done now. Let's yeah, be, but it's just more of it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Awesome. awesome. All, right. All right, Kurt. You got anything yeah. else? That's it. All right, Anthony. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right. See you.